You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. This morning, uh, my message is called, You Could Be That Someone. And who knows that great things never happen by accident. That nothing ever gets done if all we have is good intentions, but there's no action. Now, who's ever said to themselves, you know, next week I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat really healthy. I'm not going to have sugar anymore. You know, no more burgers, no more pizza. You know, just salad and chicken for me. That's all I need. Um, you might have the intention to do that, but Monday comes around and it's like you've had a really long day at work and, you know, the McDonald's drive through looks really, really welcoming. Like you see the golden arches on the horizon. You're like, I, I need me some fries. Because... Just having good intentions isn't enough. You know, there needs to be action paired with good intentions. You know, things don't just happen. We have, to, we have to act. And maybe one for the parents in the room is that you might know that if you want something to happen, you have three options. You either do it yourself, you hire someone to do it, or you tell your kids they're not allowed to do it. Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? And you know, the same applies when it comes to us believing to see those in our world come to know Jesus. You know, we can have a great intention that God can give us a great desire to see people saved, but it can require action on our part. And we can have great intentions, but great intentions without, uh, great intentions and desire without action will not often lead to a result. So what is God's plan? So if we look at Titus chapter 2 from verse 11, says, for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. You know, it's God's heart to see all people come to know Him. It's God's heart to see all people restored into relationship with God. And, you know, as a church community, it's something that God's placed strongly on our hearts. You know, it's in our mission statement. We exist to care for our community and connect every individual and their families to God to see all loved, reached, included and restored. And our heart is that all would have the opportunity for relationship with God and know God's grace to all. You know, all throughout Scripture, we read of God's goodness to us, but also God's goodness to all people because His salvation is for all. You know, all throughout 2023, we've been coming around to Scripture out of Acts chapter 13. It says, this will fulfill what the Lord has commanded us. I have destined you to become a beacon light to the nations and release salvation to the earth. You know, salvation, it's for all. God's heart is for all people to receive salvation, but salvation for all doesn't just happen because we're called by God to share it with those around us. Now, I think it's incredible that God chooses to include us in His plan for salvation. You know, because salvation, it's an incredible gift that's not just for us, but it's for those around us as well. And this year, God has been calling for us to be intentional in our response to this. You know, intentional about inviting people, intentional about sharing His hope and light with all those around us. 
So in Romans chapter 10 from verse 9, it says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. You know, what an amazing promise. And a promise that's not just for us, but it's for those in our world. It's for all those that we come into contact with. And, you know, I think sometimes this is a revelation that we can just get a little bit too comfortable with, a little bit too used to hearing. You know, who's ever, you've, you've bought something that like it means a lot to you. It might be a new pair of shoes. Like they're sparkly, they're white, you know, they, they look incredible. And, you know, you wear them the first time and you're careful not to scuff them. You, you know, you walk very carefully on gravel because you don't want to scratch the toe. And you come home and, you undo the laces to take them off and you make sure that you're not creasing them and you put them back in their box because you want to take care of them. You might clean them. But who knows that maybe after you've worn them a couple of times, you've got used to them. So, you, you know, you just kind of squeeze your foot in. You don't, you don't worry about the laces. When you come home, you just throw them in a pile. Because that thing that once had great value to us, we've become accustomed to it. We're used to having it. And, you know, can I encourage you that this revelation of the salvation that we have in Jesus to, to not become too accustomed with it. Don't let it lose its value. You know, our salvation should be the most meaningful thing to us. And my prayer is that I never become too familiar with what Jesus has done with me. But I continue to ask Him to give me a fresh revelation and a fresh understanding of His goodness. Because it's from the outpouring of my own experience that I can share with others. Because your God encounters a testimony of His goodness. You know, when we share testimony of His goodness in our lives with others, it brings to life the goodness of God. You know, we're not just telling people about Jesus, but we're showing them Jesus. You know, it speaks life and it speaks hope into others and it testifies of the goodness of God. Because it takes the words and the promises of God and it brings them to life. You know, and continuing in Romans 9 from verse 13, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they've never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the Scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. Now, you might look at this Scripture and, you know, it kind of just makes sense. You know, how can anyone hear about Jesus without somebody telling them? And we understand that God's salvation is for all. But how can they call on Him to save? How can they call on Him to save them unless they hear about Him? You know that moment where you've got a bit of food stuck in your teeth? Or maybe your fly's down. Or maybe your t-shirt's on inside out. You know, these are, that's nightmare. That's nightmare fuel right there. But you know, in these moments, you know, you want someone to tell you, I'm sure. Maybe quietly so that not everybody finds out. 
but you would want someone to tell you. And the truth is that you might find out on your own, but how much better is it when someone tells you about it? And this morning, my encouragement to you is that for those in your world, you could be that someone. You know, you could be that someone that shares the good news with your family, with your friends, with your colleagues, with all those that God has placed in your world. You could be that someone. You know, sometimes we have an earnest desire to see God move in someone's life. You know, we're, we're praying and we're believing for God to encounter them. But maybe we're looking and seeking in the wrong place. You know, maybe we're waiting for somebody else to tell them. Maybe we're waiting for a pastor to tell them. Maybe we're waiting for God Himself to tell them. But maybe today God is empowering you to be that someone. You know, you could be that someone. You know, that scripture says, how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? You know, you could be that someone. And you know, this, this telling, it's not talking about getting out there on a, a soapbox at the supermarket and just sharing the good news with everyone. But it's talking about sharing the good news of Jesus with our lives, sharing His hope and His light and listening to the direction of the Holy Spirit. Because your life is one that's called to be different, different to those around you. You know, in Matthew 5, it says that you are the light of the world. Or in another version, it says that you're called to bring out the God colours in the world. You know, our lives should bring the very nature and character of God to all people. You know, and it should inspire them to be the person that God has created them to be. You know, maybe you hear this morning that you could be that someone, but sometimes I think our response is, but I haven't been sent. Well, we're each commissioned by God to go into the world and share the good news. And more than that, we're empowered by God to do so on the journey. So this morning, we're all being sent. You know, this is our sending moment. God is sending us out into the world to share the good news. And the truth is that sometimes it can seem confronting. You know, the task ahead of you, when you think about sharing the good news with your family or your friends or your work colleagues, it can seem like a huge task. And I want to encourage you that that's okay. You know, maybe it is a huge task. But today we're going to unpack and be encouraged in what it can look like for us to share Jesus with those around us. So in Matthew chapter 13 from verse 3, it says, He told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds and as he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came up and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants and still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60 and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears hear 
to hear should listen and understand. And the seed that it's talking about in this parable is us sharing the good news, us sharing the good news of Jesus. And you know what was highlighted to me as I read this passage is that the condition of the soil is not your responsibility. Sowing is. You know, it can be hard when it comes to sharing the good news with people to not focus on the results. But I want to encourage you this morning that your identity is found in Jesus and Jesus alone. You know, if you're sharing, if you're sowing seed and you're not seeing the results that you're believing for, God doesn't look at you any differently. Your identity is found in Jesus and Jesus alone. You know, and the common element in this passage is that the seed was sown. You know, it didn't matter what the condition of the soil was, the seed was sown. Because can I encourage you that we can trust that God is preparing the soil of hearts. And we can trust that the Holy Spirit is moving in hearts, preparing the way for the Word, so that when God speaks through us at just the right time, the soil is fertile. And you know, I think the, the farmer, when he was scattering seed in his field, I'm, I'm sure he knew that some of the seed that he was sowing was probably not going to bear any fruit. But that didn't stop him from sowing. Because sometimes what looks like infertile soil can be fertile soil. You know, it might not look like someone's ready to hear the good news, but, but maybe they are. Maybe God's been preparing a work in their heart. You know, I also imagine for the farmer that, you know, not seeing some of the seed bear fruit was probably discouraging for him. And if you identify with that today, if you feel like you've been continually sowing and sowing, that we can continue to trust that God prepares hearts and believe that the seed will find good soil. You know, if you're feeling discouraged about sharing the good news, you know, a verse that God gave me for you this morning is from 2 Thessalonians 3.13 and it says, don't get weary doing good. You know, and I think the simple fact that that Bible verse exists means that we can get weary of doing good. And in these moments, we can take a step back and trust in God, take our disappointments to God and take heart this morning because God's, your desire is also God's desire. And can I encourage you from a verse in Romans chapter 10, verse 20, it says, And later Isaiah spoke boldly for God saying, I was found by people who were not looking for me. I showed myself to those who were not asking for me. You know, in doing what we're doing, we're partnering with God. We're partnering with God in what He is doing. So we can trust that God is moving in hearts, that He's preparing soil. You know, that verse says that those who were not asking for me, that God revealed Himself to them. So trust that God is moving, opening doors and softening hearts and ask God for wisdom and insight in how to proceed. And can I encourage you that 
the impact of sowing seed can be greater than you could ever imagine. You know, that verse says that when the seed found fertile soil, that it produced a crop that was 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Now, that's because seed bears fruit, and fruit bears seed, and seed bears fruit, and so on. Now, can I encourage you not to discount the importance of what you have to sow? Don't discount the importance of your part that you can play in what God is doing. You know, Matthew chapter 13 from verse 31 says, Here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. You know, what may not look like much can fulfill all of God's promises. You know, the seed doesn't need to seem like much. But remember that we're partnering with God. We're partnering with what God is already doing. You know, the small things can have such a profound impact. You know, an example of this in my life is that I was at a training day once and there was an opportunity at the end to pray for each other. And someone else who was there, as they were praying for me, they said, this might seem a bit strange, but... But God showed me a picture of a desk and like everything was organized and there was like a, a stapler on the desk. And it's like, I don't know if that means anything to you. Um, it seemed so insignificant to them, but God was speaking into my future through that. Something that seemed so insignificant. God was encouraging me in the gifts that he'd given me in, in administration. And you know, I bumped into this person, I don't, I don't see them very often, but I bumped into them six months ago and I mentioned it to them and, you know, they'd totally forgotten that it ever happened because it was so insignificant to them. But something that was so insignificant to them was so significant in what God was doing in my life. So the small things, they can have a great impact. So... What does this look like for us this morning? How do we tell people about Jesus and how do we show them Jesus? Well, in Matthew chapter 13 from verse 33, it says, Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she only put a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Now, can I encourage you this morning that you are called to permeate the world around you? And, you know, maybe this morning when we think of permeating, we think of like cutting onions. Who's ever like you've cut an onion and like maybe you waited longer than three to four minutes to wash your hands. So then your hands smell like onions for the rest of your life. It's, it's, it's just the reality of the situation. Or maybe... You've, you've had a fire at home on a cold winter night and, you know, just everything smells like smoke because it permeates it so strongly. But the example in this verse that's used is that the yeast permeated the dough. You know, it's used in, in a positive sense, you know, and the, the yeast speaks in the context of it being a soft nature. You know, the, the work that yeast does in dough isn't necessarily powerful. It works within the dough, but it has a profound impact. 
You know, it starts small, but as it brings to life what is already there, it expands and it grows what exists. You know, this reminds me of the very nature of God. You know, God working gently in us to produce what He's already put in us and grow and enlarge us to become who He's created us to be. You know, I believe that we're called to do the same with the world around us. You know, working gently and encouraging and bringing to light who God has created people to be. You know, how is the Holy Spirit guiding me in my interactions and my relationships that I have? With the way that I relate to people, with the way that I encourage people. You know, Matthew chapter 12 Verse 33 and 35 says, A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. So how do we produce good fruit? You know, we have a good heart. And can I encourage you, the Pastor Lee shared a message last week about guarding your heart. And if you missed it, you know, it's certainly one that's worth catching up on. You know, it'll bless you. It will speak to you about how, what God produces in our hearts. But in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. So how do we produce good fruit? We fix our attention on God. You know, when we fix our attention on God, He causes us to produce good fruit because we're changed from the inside out. You know, our foundation is in Jesus and we produce good fruit. You know, and the fruit that we produce in our lives is a result of how well we are planted because your relationship with God is the foundation. You know, the relationship, our relationship with God is what we minister out of. Know, of what we administer God's love out of, of what we administer His character out of to those around us. And can I encourage you that you can't overflow and you can't produce fruit when you're empty. And because a healthy tree produces healthy fruit and it produces lots of it. And can I encourage you that when your foundation is in Jesus, you can produce great fruit. You know, this is about the simple things about getting into the Word and, and reading God's promises to us, reading about who He created us to be. You know, having a, a time of daily prayer. You know, and these things, they require being deliberate to establish a new pattern or a new process. But it ensures that we're never empty. We always have something to administer God's love out of. You know, the truth is for me this morning that the week I've just had was big, humongous. And I'm tired, but the Holy Spirit is refreshing me. You know, I might be tired, but I don't feel empty. I might be tired, but because I've spent time in God's presence, I'm refreshed. So what does good fruit look like? Romans chapter 12 from verse 2 says, In His grace, 
God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the word Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. So, you know, this morning, if we're not sure what sowing seed looks like in our life, then there's a few options here this morning for us. There's a few things here. You know, serve, teach, encourage, give, show kindness, love and honour, work hard, be patient, be joyful, show hospitality and be ready to help. You know, God has given us gifts and my hope for you this morning is that there's something on that list that God's speaking to you about because God has given us gifts to minister out of. God has given each of us the Holy Spirit to help direct us in these steps. So let's take a moment to think, what has God given to you? You know, are you good at encouraging others? Do you enjoy helping people? You know, are you a hard worker? You know, it might seem insignificant, but if it's on that list, God gave it to you for a reason. God gave it to you for a purpose. You know, sowing seed, it looks different for different people. And that's the way that God intended it. Because it's only together that we're the body of Christ. It's only together as the church that we can fulfill the mission that God's given us to reach all people. You know, you bring a uniqueness. You know, every single person here brings a uniqueness where you're delicately crafted and woven together by God for a specific purpose. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, from verse 6, it says, I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. You know, the mission that God's given to us of sowing seed, it's imperative to us as the church that we share the good news with people. But this is a journey that we're on together. This is a journey that we go on together as the body of Christ. Now, God's heart for each of us is that we would know and understand His heart toward us and His heart toward all people. And this morning, this includes every single person in the room, that God's heart is toward you. God desires to know you personally. 
You know, we said that His salvation is for all, but it's for you this morning. You know, and if you've never accepted that salvation, if you've never invited Jesus to be a part of your life, you know, your journey could start this morning. And it begins with receiving His forgiveness and accepting His grace. You know, that even when we were far from God, even when we didn't know Him yet, when we hadn't heard about Him yet, that He sent His Son Jesus to earth and Jesus performed signs, wonders and miracles. And He did what we couldn't do. He lived a sinless and perfect life. And then He died on the cross in our place. And on the third day, He rose victorious over sin and death. And in doing so, He created a pathway for us to in, for us to receive unmerited forgiveness from God and enter into relationship with God. You know, all through my life, God has been so good to me. You know, He's been so faithful to me. And I, I know this morning that He wants to show His goodness and faithfulness to you as well. In mean, Romans chapter 10 verse 9, it says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. You know, starting this journey with Jesus, it starts with just a simple prayer of inviting Jesus into our hearts, asking for forgiveness of our sins and declaring our belief in Him. So if we can all close our eyes and bow our heads we're going to pray this prayer together as the church. And if you don't know Jesus yet, you can have that opportunity by joining in this prayer with us this morning. So if you could all repeat after me, dear God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to make a way for me to be in relationship with you. I declare with my mouth, that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. I choose today to follow you. Amen. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.